Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Well, 2024 continues to roll on like a rock down a small hill. I don't know. It's just only the second week of 2024, but uh, the Real Film Nerds Podcast is here to help you make it through the trudge of going back to work by listening to us talk about a movie that came out in November. My name is Matt, your host as always. With me, the hostess with the mostest, the man living the dream every moment he is awake and asleep, Mysterious Mike Talent. How's that for an intro, brother? Dude, uh, that was a great intro, man. And come on, man, the movie came out in November, but it's still going to be, you know, it's fresh. Like, you, you, you said it so... Like, oh, this is so last week. Yeah, November uh, 10th is when this film came out. So it's, you know, it's fresh like day-old bread. I don't know. Day-old donuts? I don't know. Okay, all right. It's still good. It's still a movie, but it it's not as fresh. Okay. Does all that right. work? I don't know if that fucking works. I don't know Anyways, if that works either. Mike, we're talking about one of your favorite directors of all time, David Fincher, his latest film, his second streaming film in a row. Uh, I guess they do release them in the theaters, but just not anywhere near me. Um, Mike, we're talking about The Killer. Why don't you give us the uh, whatnots about it? All right. Like you said, this movie is uh, directed by David Fincher. It was written by uh, Alexis Nolant, uh, Luke uh, Jackman. Andrew Kevin Walker, and this movie starting starring a Michael Fassbender, Tilda Swinton, uh, Charles Parnell, and Arliss Howard. And this movie's after a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employer and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. Okay, so Mike, um, it was also kind of written by David Fincher. Uh, David Fincher and Andrew Walker have worked together closely many times on such incredible films as, name one. Seven. Very good. And also, uh, I don't think he worked with him on um, uh, this film, but uh, Sleepy Hollow is also what uh, Andrew Walker is known for. And he also wrote uh, Metalocalypse, Army of the Doomstar, which is the ending of the Metalocalypse like, whole kind of thing. They, they ended it with a movie last year. I still haven't seen it. But anyways, mm. I was interested to see that he also wrote that. So that's pretty cool. That is cool, man. So anyways, Mike, uh, since my voice is absolute shit, again... Uh, I am really glad I'm not on the radio every day using my voice or talking to people on the phone every vo- day using my voice. Um, again, Booger, thank you so much for giving this to me. I will never let you live this down for the rest of your life. Even though you're only one and a half years old, it's on like Donkey Kong for the next, I don't know, until I die. But anyways, Mike, go first. What do you think of The Killer? Uh, I like this movie, Matt. It's it's kind of a small movie, but it's uh it's well it's very well executed. I don't know, it's it's got that David Fincher style. 
the David Fincher style. Well, it is a David Fincher film, and you know most of David Fincher films are actually about himself, not so much the movie, but that's in his, you know, directing and, you know, choreography and not choreography, but cinematography and all that stuff. But Mike, that's all you got? You just liked it and it's a small film? Um, dude, you know I liked it because it's it's a revenge movie. You know, Matt? Like there's you know, even though he says it's nothing personal, it's totally personal. Well, what I'm thinking is we might have to change the name of the podcast from the Real Film Nerds Podcast to the Real Revenge Film Podcast. <laughs> what? Why is that, dude? dude I just like this revenge week movies, and next dude. week, huh? Revenge films back to, back to back. Oh yeah, yeah. The Beekeeper Man. That looks fun. I hadn't even seen a trailer for it until I watched it before the podcast, just because I wanted to make sure I could at least know what it was about going into this. But yeah, two revenge films back to back. I mean, Mike, I, one day I want you to sit down and count how many revenge films we re- reviewed versus all the regular films. I bet you there's a large discrepancy. <laughs> there, there might be, Matt. There might be. I, I do. I like me some revenge movies, man. I don't know. They're just satisfying. Mike, like is not the correct word. You love revenge movies, and I don't know why, because you're a really nice person. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I, I really want to be in a revenge movie. I don't know. Okay, I can see that. If you're in a revenge movie, would you be the revenger or the revengee? Uh... Revenge-y? So you'd be the guy getting revenged on? I No, I'd be the Avenger, I guess. I don't know, dude. You'd be the guy, you'd be the, you'd be the Michael Fassbender character. Yeah. Okay, see, then you'd be the Revenger. I would be the revenge So you'd be coming after me. Ah, okay. All right. I'm coming after you, Matt. Get ready. Uh, I don't know what I did, Mike. But uh, I apologize sincerely. <laughs> uh, what what was that movie? Uh, oh, was that was that Billy Madison where he calls like all the people that he he he? No, it wasn't that one. What? What's the movie where the guy calls all these people and he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry." I treated you like crap or whatever in high school and then like he take like the dude takes him off the list. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember I don't remember what movie that was, but I think it was something to do with Adam Sandler. Yeah, I think it was an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, he was he making like, amends for some reason and it, I I want to say it was like um not Billy Madison, but the I want to say it was the one where he's the rich guy in New York. Mr. Deeds? Yeah, but I'm not a. I, but he would never have wronged anyone because Deeds was such a nice character. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was one of his characters that he's playing in. Like he like crossed out his name. Yeah, because he had like a hit list, and the yeah. dude was like working like on his like rifle or whatever, or 
you know, he was totally like a human bomber kind of character. And he's like, oh, that's nice. And he just crosses out his name. Yeah. I don't remember what that is. I know the scene and it was hilarious, but I'm not remembering. So if you remember, go ahead and uh, email us, Mike at realfilmnerds.com. He would love to be set straight, especially from you, Eric. Yes. Yes, that's true. For sure. For sure. So, all right, Mike. I will keep it short since I don't have a voice, but uh, The Killer, I really enjoyed this movie. I like David Fincher's work a lot. I don't think this is his best film. I don't think this is his best five films. He's not in the top five for me with this one, but I really enjoyed this because it is not your typical what we are accustomed to assassin film. When we think of an assassin now as an American, we think of stuff like John Wick. And, you know, Jason Statham, you know, they're big set pieces, they're big action films, they're boisterous and explodey and all that other shit. True assassins are not that way. They want to go under the radar. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be heard. They want to be incognito as much as possible. And that's totally what this movie is. And I really respected that that's the way he went with it. Um, One thing, I don't think it's really a spoiler. But the way David Fincher tells the story of this film is like you're reading a novel. There's chapters, there's narration, um, there's clear-cut set pieces. So, you know, I think it's going to go one of two ways, and I'm sure Ma Hinshaw will chime in in her podcast when we get to it. Um, I liked it. I thought it was really cool. And... uh, Ma Hinshaw did not. Uh, Mike, what did you think about that way of telling the story? Having so much narration and chapters and all that stuff. I really liked uh, hearing like the inner uh, monologue of our character. I thought it really added to the movie. Uh, especially since this is kind of a small movie in the way that there's not a lot of uh, actors in it. And there's not a lot of interactions with people besides just some small, like... Um, just casual interactions with, you know, renting cars or traveling, you know, where you have to go to ticket counters and things like that. Other than that, it's it's very just a few people. So I, I really enjoyed how, how you got to kind of get inside the the killer's mind, and that was neat. So, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I discovered this, I don't know, a year or so ago. I was watching uh, a a podcast or you know video or something on it i don't remember exactly what it was but do you know that there are people in this world that exist that do not have inner monologues uh yes yes i've heard of this i think that's the freaking wildest thing ever because i'm pretty sure you have an inner monologue right uh i don't know maybe yeah i guess you don't know. You don't sit down and think to yourself when you're like sitting at a computer or just lying in bed or whatever. Um, when I get lie in bed, I just go to sleep. Okay, when you're driving to work and there's no music on, you don't think. You just Wh- sit there. Why would there be no music on? I know. I'm just doing a for instance. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I guess uh, walking the dog would be the time that I do the most thinking. Okay, see, so you do have an inner monologue then. It just blows my mind that there's people in the world that don't have that because my inner monologue, especially in the middle of the night when I wake up, is like someone's lighting a fire under its ass. It just is so ridiculously fast. It's 
It drives me insane. Yeah, I have a very active inner monologue. And it's uh, a blessing and a curse, mostly a curse. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's how you can come up with those one-liners so fast. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's always going. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting perspective, Mike. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess without spoiling this, Matt... Um, I thought the way that they shot the scenes that you do get to see was really, you know, it was really good. Like it just, I don't know. This, this was a, this is a very good film. It's, it's definitely like, like you said, it's not one of the top five, uh, David Fincher movies, but it, it was still really good. Like it's just a good movie. I'm just very confused at what you just said though. They shot the scenes that you did get to see. So did they shoot scenes that we didn't get to see? No, 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 no. I no. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> now 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 I'm all screwed up. Okay, so the 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 scenes that we got to see and the way they shot them. Better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, continue your thought. Now I messed up your thought too. Damn it. Yeah, no, sorry. no. I'm I'm out of... So, okay, okay. You were saying it is not one of David Fincher's top five films for you, but you still really enjoyed it. I am in the same boat. Where would you put it? Like, okay, I, I'm, I don't want you to name off his top five films. I just did that last week on the radio for 2023, which was fun. It was a nice little change of pace instead of talking about a movie. We did our... My mom and I did our uh, best and worst and honorable mentions of 2023. But um, I, without looking up all of David Fincher's films, um, I have a hard time picking between Fight Club being my favorite and Seven being my favorite. Those are just absolutely incredible films. Yeah, those are, those are, I, I am also in love with uh, The Game. I like The Game, but God, dude, that movie was long. Yeah, I just I don't know. I like the the way the concept of it, and then, um, man, seven, oof, wow. I I've never seen Zodiac. I actually own it, but I have not watched it because I've been wanting to watch it forever. But you know, another one I would definitely put or two that I'll put in my top five, for sure. Seven, uh, Fight Club, Gone Girl, Social Network, boom. Oh yeah, no, not in that are... order, but those four definitely in top five. Oh, Gone Girl was so good. At, I actually so read good. the book after. Man, what like? So the uh, movie really got all the big points. the The book just has a little bit more depth, you know. But wow, what a crazy story! <laughs> um, did you ever see uh, Mank? I I never watched Mank. Which one? Mank, M A N K. Uh. Uh-uh. Came out in 2020. Um, I think it was nominated for some Academy Awards. It was one of Netflix's like first really, really big, like only Netflix movies. No, it was I didn't the see last it. movie he did before this one. Um, it's about the writer that wrote uh, Citizen Kane. Oh. It was uh, direct. Uh, no, it did. It won two Academy Awards. It stars uh, Gary Oldman. Okay. No, I haven't. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I never saw that either. 
Uh, it's all pure black and white. Oh, okay. But yeah, here, just because I'm already on the page, I'm going to click on it here. Um, I think it won for... I'm pretty sure it was Best Actor for Gary Oldman. If it'll work. Dude, I have fast internet. Why is it not loading? Uh, it's probably IMDb. Anyways... I don't want to have too much dead air, even though it's a podcast and we don't really have to, you know, yeah, yeah. pay for no, dead I air, but you. it's still. Um, let's see. Nominee, nominee, nominee. Where did it win? It was nominated for uh, Movie of the Year. It was nominated for Best Performance by, you know, Gary Oldman. Uh, nominated for uh, Achievement in Directing, David Fincher. Nominated for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, Amanda uh, Seyfried. And best sound. Yeah, it won for best achievement in center photography and best achievement in production design. The ones that I hadn't, I needed to click the arrow down. Yeah. Best achievement in cinema photography, but it was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's crazy. I still haven't seen it. I feel horrible. It's okay, Matt. You get over it. I think I already have. So anyways, all right, Mike. Um, I know you're sitting there pounding away on your phone like I'm pounding away on my other screen. But oh, uh, oh, oh, good thing you said screen, Matt. Well, what else do you think I was pounding away at, Mike? I don't know. I mean, you know, the I left the I leave the flashlight in my bedroom. I'm not a monster. I don't put it on my freaking table in my office. Okay. All right. I don't know where you are. You could be in your bedroom. Nope, Your nope, this is my office. Is, it's, it's, it's different. It is, it is. I have the Halloween background again, I think. Don't I? The, the Skype Halloween background? Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's the Halloween one. Yeah. All right, Matt. I, I think I'm going to move us along. Matt, what are you drinking? <sighs> well, Mike, thank you for asking. I'm having an ice-cool margarita on the rocks. Dude, margaritas on the rocks. Nice, dude. Salt, no salt. No salt all day, dude. I don't like salt. Yeah, me neither, dude. <laughs> I, have, I have enough problems with salt in my food and everything else. I don't need that much more, you know, going to raise my blood pressure or cholesterol. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. Blood pressure. Mike, we're old now. We have to pay attention to those things. That's true. Or at least you do because you're the one that has a family. Nobody, Nobody really cares about me, so it's great. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. So just ignore the medicines, dude. Do what you want. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay, so what IPA are you drinking? Uh, I'm just back to the old standby, Matt. Uh, hopping, Hoppy Nomad from Aldi. That's your go-to, man. Does Mags even know that there's other grocery stores? <laughs> we Surprisingly, we shop at like 10 grocery stores a week. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. I have a hard enough time going to Walmart once a month. It's, 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 uh, well, it gets complicated, man. Sometimes we do like Walmart orders. Sometimes we go to like Costco. Sometimes we go to, um, our local grocery store, all these, like just all kinds of places, man. It's like each place has a certain thing that we need to get. See, and my shit, I just get whatever's available and it's five minutes from my house and I still don't want to go there. That's how much I hate grocery shopping. Dude, you should start ordering it on the line. 
I do. I do. My last order I did, and I still forgot stuff. Ah, dang. So I've been eating sandwiches without mayonnaise for a couple weeks, but it's all right. (laughs) You forgot the mayonnaise? Yeah, I just used ketchup. (laughs) Ketchup and lettuce and, you know, bacon and ham and bologna. (laughs) Oh, man. Very good. Oh, man. Okay. I have I have like thousands of those packets like in the fridge from, you know, fast food to go orders, but the problem is is like some of them I'm pretty sure are older than some of my nephews. So I probably <laughs> should throw them out. And my youngest nephew is 16, so that puts it in perspective. Yeah, and you know like mustard from McDonald's versus mustard from from, you know, Jack in the Box, totally different. Very different, yes, yes. Jack in the Box is passable, but definitely not if it's mustard. Although I do have a lot of those Jack in the Box ranches, and you can oh, kinda, buttermilk house sauce. Yeah, you can kind of tell when they when they're turning because they're not quite <laughs> they're not they're not as white anymore. <laughs> they're kind of yellow, and so it might still taste okay, but you know you're gambling. You know you're gambling with your morning routine if you if you have it with your dinner. So, anyways, I will get back on topic. Mike, your favorite part of the podcast, as always, what is this week's incredible dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh though. Dad jokes. All right, man. This this one's kind of topical. I think you'll like it. Uh, what do you call a movie about two assassins who fall in love with the same woman? Oh God, what was the name of that movie? Um, you remember there's that movie with uh, I think it was Ryan Gosling and uh, the dude that plays Venom. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually I do. Yeah, there was two assassins that fell in love with the same girl. <laughs> I forget that. I forget the name of the movie. If I was smarter, I would have had that, but I'm not. I'm getting too old. I don't remember shit like that. But anyways, Mike, go ahead. What's the uh, punchline of your joke? The thrillers. The thrillers. Is that the name of the movie, too? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so, either. That's funny, though. I forgot about that movie. But that's good. The thrillers, the killers, I like it. It works. It works. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Mike. This one is very difficult, but I know you can do it. I believe in you. You have almost a perfect record. Mike, how does the killer relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All right, Matt, this one's pretty easy. Even though there's about four people in the movie, one of those four people is uh, has an NCU tie-in, a pretty big one. Um, she plays uh, uh, in the uh, Avengers and in uh, Doctor Strange, the Ancient One, and that's uh, Tilda Swinton. What I think is funny is there's so few actors in this film that Tilda Swinton is like in a scene and she's like listed as number two in the credits. Yeah. Well, her her character was pretty awesome, even though you didn't see her for, I don't know, maybe more than seven or maybe 10 minutes. Because uh, it was kind of like this interesting scene where, you know, our 
our main character doesn't say anything and she just like spills out her guts. It was really interesting. Oh, dude, I thought that was a fantastic scene. It was really, really good. And uh, I kind of predicted, you know, we're well into spoilers now, people, FYI. But I kind of predicted like exactly what was going to happen. And he clearly predicted what was going to happen to Michael Fassbender's character, who actually, I believe, doesn't really have a name. I think he's just the killer because he he has so many different identities in the whole film. And then uh, Tilda Swinton's character is called the expert. And then you have the lawyer and then the client. You know, I, I like it. I like the names. They kept it just professional from like an assassin standpoint but anyways she like bends down and like slips and falls on some stairs or something and is trying to get help he doesn't fall for it he just pops her and i'm like yeah that was totally a ploy to try and you know her overcome him yeah oh no it was it was awesome man he was awesome he's so methodical and he sticks to his rules that he lays down in the first you know 30 minutes of the film and you know even at that point, when he's almost showing a moment of weakness, he still realizes, no, boom. I mean, just, dude, this movie was really quite good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like how uh, the he spends a lot of time just waiting around for stuff. And, like, it's just insanely boring. And you have to, like, be focused the whole time. Like, that was uh, very interesting. I mean, that was, like, our opening scene where he's just, like... There's a phone call with, um, I guess it was the lawyer, right? I think it was probably the lawyer. Yeah, that was calling yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, dude, it's been five days. <laughs> like, like, uh, that's got to be so rough, dude. Just, just, it, it was a, a such a uh, more realistic view into how it would really be if you were somebody who was a professional person who was good at it, professional killer. It's very much like just a stakeout, too, if you're a uh, police officer, detective, private eye, that kind of stuff. There's more boredom and trying to stay awake and stay attentive than there is actual action. And that's like the reality of the situation when it comes to truly being an assassin. It's that split second, and if you fuck it up, spoilers, like he did in this film... The first and only time he ever fucked up, it's consequences. Yeah, yeah. The brute, uh, that 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 was a brutal, uh, brutal fight, man. I really, I wasn't sure he was going to win. Like, that was a really well done fight scene, too. It was very, I don't know, it seemed more realistic, although the one guy got so many things broken over his head. But other than that, it seemed pretty realistic. Well, I would say, and dare I say this, maybe it's a little over the top, but I, I'm sticking to it. I honestly think it was one of the best hand-to-hand fight scenes I've seen in a long time. Like, it was on the level of John Wick fight scenes. It was very, very good. The way it was shot, the way they uh, threw each other around, the way everything went down. Um, you know, he is the brute. He is this massively tough strong guy so of course he's going to be able to take a few more hits in the skull than anybody else and keep going but i mike i agree that scene was very good very very good for a film called the assassin where it's about shooting people it was a great fight scene it was uh 
I like how they use their environment around them because I feel like that's how real like fights would go. And, and, you know, they were just trying to use anything they could get their hands on to try and take each other down. And it, it felt like that. Yeah. And even though the brute, it's his apartment and clearly that's all of his stuff, he still didn't have a problem throwing the motherfucker into a, you know, 75 inch TV. Yeah. 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 And like destroying his coffee. Like, uh, well, I mean, I don't think he knew he was going to destroy his coffee table, but like when, when he like jumps back on him, oh man, dude, that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty hardcore. I don't want to say over the top. I, I thought it was pretty gosh darn realistic. I mean, yeah. Not, no yeah. one. It really seemed like no one was winning. They were both getting their asses kicked. Yeah, and then afterwards, you know, when he's he's getting his flight uh, to leave, man, he is messed up. Oh yeah, well, and that's the first time you ever really see something like that, in my opinion, in like a movie, like the the t- counter ticket check in person, like looks at him and just gives him this look, like what the fuck, you know. Like, definitely that was, in my mind, I was like, oh, man, that's a red flag right there. This dude is someone that might get called out, you know? But the ticket lady didn't do it, so, but I've never seen that. Like, you always see people get their asses beat and they do normal things and people just ignore the fact that their face is beat up. I I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, like, it... It definitely, yeah, I mean, it was good to see the, he took a lot of damage, you know, and he was like, he was hurting. And then he barely escapes the dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was after trying to drug the stupid thing. But again, that, he, he even said it in his monologue, what he, well, not monologue, dialogue or narration, that he's like, yeah, I think I might have messed this up. It looks like that dog's about 10 pounds heavier than what I planned for. Yeah, this dog looks really big. Yep. Yep. So, all right, Mike, I can see you are fading and you are fading hard because yeah, it's uh, Michael One thing Nine-Nine that was time. a little bit weird about that dog scene is he said between 45 and 55 pounds. My my dog, which is uh, some sort of pit bull mix, he's 70 pounds and he's not that big. That dog in that movie looked bigger. Yeah, I think that dog was probably more than 55 pounds. Yeah, I would, I guess. would say that dog was like 80 pounds. Yeah, well, and that's probably why the dog had uh, no problem choking down the uh, drug-filled, what was it, a steak? Or was it like hamburger or something? I don't know what it was, actually. I don't remember. It was some kind of meat. Yeah. But uh, he had no problem choking it down and keep on going. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. It was funny when it when I got my current dog, man. I was like, man, seventy pounds—that's a small one. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Mike. Um, is there anything else you would like to add to uh, our chat about the killer? Um. No, no. I I I think uh, I think this is a, a a good movie for people to watch. Um, I know it was a Netflix movie, but it was pretty good, man. I think it would have been better if I would have been able to see it in the theaters. And I know Bank was in the theaters for a limited run. You know, typically a limited run is just New York and L.A. But uh, The Killer, I know it was in the theaters as well for probably, you know, a month, but not here. 
I never rem- I don't recall seeing it here in the theaters at all. Maybe there was probably a handful of screens down in Phoenix or something. But uh I think this one would have been really nice to see in the theaters. Hmm. Yeah, I I I it would have been it would have been nice to see in theaters, but anyway. We're the oddity, Mike. Let's just come out with it. You and I love going to the theaters and Clearly, the general public doesn't anymore. That's why they're not going back. They are fine with sitting on their couches. And I would rather be in a theater, even though I live completely and utterly alone and I can blast the stereo as loud as I want. I still rather, there's just something magical about that giant screen, man. Yeah. No, I just like the event of it, the the differentness of it, uh, the the focus you have, you know, like... You're you're in the theater, so you're gonna watch the whole thing. Yeah, you know you paid like, money for it. There's no stopping. There's no pausing. If you're not paying attention, you're missing some shit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the whole experience, but it, for me, it's mostly the really nice giant screen and really good surround sound. Although the surround sound here is adequate, I wouldn't call it really good. It's adequate. Yeah, it's not as bad as our other theater, but yeah. Anyways, okay, Mike, so how many reels do you give The Killer? Uh, so I'm going to give this one uh, three and a half reels. Wow, I really thought you were going to go higher than that, Mike. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. Shame. Shame. <laughs> okay. What are, you, what, what are you giving it, Matt? The exact same thing. I give oh, it three okay. and a half reels. Shame. Yeah. Well, I didn't love it as much as you. I thought it was really good. You really sound like you love it. I, I didn't say it was great, but I, I thought it was good. So, But uh, I definitely highly recommend people checking it out, especially if you're a fan of David Fincher. Well, all right, Matt. So, or Michael Fassbender. Yeah, so next week, Matt, you already kind of mentioned it, and I mentioned it too. We're going to watch the next revenge movie with Jason Statham called The Beekeeper. Looks a little bit ridiculous, but I'm excited to just go see some Jason Statham kicking ass. I'm not joking, dude. I legit have not seen the trailer and did not know shit about this film until I watched the trailer right before we started Yeah, what do you think, dude? And it looks fucking (laughs) ridiculous, but I'm down for it. I, I like a good action movie that's nonsensical and revenge, and he's practically a superhero in the trailer i mean he beats the shit out of like 10 fbi guys like fully decked out in gear and he's just wearing a ball cap so yeah he's like on the brink of superhero level and uh you know if it's fun and a good time that's all i want yeah when i saw this in the trailer i was like yep i'm gonna go see it it might be a little bit fantastical but it looks fun so we'll see matt we will see well, Mike, it's directed by David Ayer, who uh, wrote End of Watch. Day? He wrote Sabotage. Uh, he wrote Suicide Squad. And what else? The first Suicide Squad, not the second one. And then uh, what did he direct? Because I think he directed some things, too. Uh, he directed The Tax Collector. He directed, we probably shouldn't say this, but Bright. Oh, okay. You know, the Will Smith movie on Netflix. He also directed Suicide Squad as well as wrote it. 
Uh, he also directed Sabotage. Oh, here's one that I really, really like. I forgot he directed this. Uh, I heard about it earlier on the on the trailer. Um, I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. I think it's fantastic. Uh, he directed Fury. Oh. Yeah, the World War II tank yeah, yeah, movie yeah. with Brad Pitt. Loved that movie. I thought that movie was fantastic. Okay. So, who... But he also directed End of Watch as well as wrote it. I really liked End of Watch okay. as well. Okay, all right. So, well, I guess... We'll see what it what what kind of movie we're in for, but um, got some good directing talent and, and Jason Statham, you know, being pretty much Jason Statham, so it'll be great. Jason Statham being Jason Statham works for me, yeah, yep. Although, well, we might be in trouble. The writer. <laughs> The writer did uh, the screenplay and story for Expendables 4, so we might be in trouble. Oh, no. like. Okay. Well, well <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. He also did the new Point Break, and he, al- he also did the new Children of the Corn that nobody saw, and also the new Total Recall that nobody saw. So we'll see. <laughs> this sounds like a, uh, this one's up in the air, Mike, but we'll see. We're going to go watch it anyways. That's why we That's do right, this, dude. right? And and maybe it's just because Jason Statham worked on uh, Expendables Four that they're friends and 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 it's totally a great movie. It it's possible, yeah. It's very possible. Anything's possible. Yes, Mike, right? anything's possible with time and money. All right. Yes, sir. Let's wrap this up, Matt. Thanks everybody for listening. Make sure to follow us on the socials, Instagram. X, formerly known as Twitter, and the uh, Facebook, formerly known as Meta. No, Meta, formerly known as Facebook. I don't know, something like that. Facebook. I think it's still Facebook. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, so that stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, catch us next week for a pod about the beekeeper. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Hi, everyone. This is Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies. Episode 45, The Killer. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Oh, hi, Mommy. I am still sick, just like you, from our lovely niece. But uh, do you know what's interesting is that everyone and their mom is sick of the same crud, and it lasts about three weeks from what I've been told. Now, I don't know if it's still contagious after two weeks or one week or what, but I'm trying to be as cautious as I can. But this is the best my voice has sounded in almost three weeks. Uh, So, Booger, I'm never going to let you live this down. (sighs) Oh, dear. Yeah, well, Grandma still has a few issues. My voice is still weird. Well, anyway, onward to the movie. I say this is a uh, guy's movie, guys who like um, assassin movies. I think they would find it interesting, but I didn't find it really great. Sounds very sexist. Well, maybe. Well, guys or girls who like assassin movies. There you go. Anybody. But it was long. I didn't think the cinematography was earth-shaking. Uh, 
Um, I think he did a good job, but um, I really wasn't all that excited about it. And uh, you had to really, as usual, follow it all from one murder to the next murder to find out exactly why everything was being done and all that. And uh, after a while, I got bored and Michael got bored and we were just like, when's this going to get done? That was our view, but I'm not saying that's everyone's view. I love Jason. He's really good. And, but uh, I, I don't know. I just felt like it could have been better. There you go. Okay. So you're saying you don't like David Fincher. Who's David Fincher? He's the director of the film. Okay. I didn't think it was all that great. No. And I don't care if David Fincher won 12 Academy Awards. I didn't think this one was that good. Well, he did Fight Club. He did Seven. I like this movie. I thought this movie was good. It's not his best film, and I discussed that in the podcast before yours. But it's it's like truly what an assassin would have been. It it's not John Wick because John Wick is an assassin movie. No, you know, yeah. There's all, all these new assassin movies, but a true assassin tries to hide his identity, tries true. to fly under the radar. Most of being an assassin is being bored as shit, and this yes, movie and shows alone. you all of that. Well, that's true. Stop talking I mean, over I do me, agree please. With that. What? I said, stop okay. talking over me, please. Okay. Anyway, it does show that I think it's a lonely profession and you have to keep where people don't recognize you or know you or any of that. That, I think, is a difficult thing, too, really. And that movie does convey that, you know. But I just didn't think it was all that exciting. There you go. Mom's view. Okay. Okay, so you don't think people should watch this as all then? No, I think they can watch it. Um, if they have some time, I guess it was it two hours or an hour and a half. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But I anyway. I think it's two hours on the dot, something like that. Yeah, I think it's two hours. No, it's entertaining. It's just not real great in my view. Okay. I think it's good. And, uh, well, good. We can disagree. Agree to disagree. There you go. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. So <laughs> then, uh, do you like any of his other films or no? Yeah. But, okay. Name one. Oh, geez, I can't name one. I I don't know. I think I watched Fight Club though. I'm sure you've sure. watched Fight Club, and I'm sure if you watched Seven, it had Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt in it. Yeah, I'm sure I did. See, but on- this one dragged. This one dragged. I mean, I'm sorry. It kind of dragged. All of his movies you're... are like this, though. Oh, really? Oh. Not dragged, but they're they're thinking people films. Well, yes, and they're <laughs> and that's they're that's why I'm in trouble. Okay. 
You're at I the mean, age where you don't want to think anymore. You just want explosions and death and murder. Well, yeah, I just want murder and death right there. Blam. No, I mean, like, okay, so why is he doing this? And, I mean, I get getting a hotel room and then, you know, the gun and then shooting across into a house or whatever hotel. I don't know. Well, yeah, that I, was him I, trying to assassinate someone. That was his job. And he screwed up. And that's how the movie starts. Right. It's him screwing I, I, up and revenge and then trying to kill his girlfriend and go after him and kill him. And he doesn't tolerate it. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. But what I found interesting was the fact that he would be talking, which Michael even said, oh, well, I don't need to hear his views on the world, you know. But the thing is, he would talk and he'd say, you know, don't have friends, don't cut anybody any slack, you know, don't let anybody see you, blah, blah, blah. And then he break his own rules, you know. And, oh, I had one question. The one gal that gave him the information and everything, did he, sh I didn't see him shoot her. I thought he knocked her out. Was I wrong on that one? Hold on. The gal that he gave the information, you mean Tilda Swinton? Or, well, oh, who, no, are you talking about the chick, the lawyer's assistant? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that was the one, there's a terminology for it in movie making, but that's the one kind of thing that he does in, like, being nice, I guess is the way to put it. It's like a, yeah. there's a terminology in screenwriting for it. But, um, no, he still kills her. But what he does is he snaps her neck above the stairs and then she falls down the stairs. So it looks like she fell and died. And so that her kids would get the insurance money and her, all of her stuff instead of being murdered. Oh, because so I didn't get that. I didn't, I didn't get that. I mean, I thought he knocked her. I didn't hear. Okay. Maybe I'm deep. I didn't hear the, him snap, nap in her neck. Oh yeah. It was right. vicious. It was like crunch really oh, loud Lord. and then she falls oh how in the world did i miss that oh i don't know i i i missed that but i thought maybe he didn't kill her because she had the kids you know and i'm like well that was a nice thing you know, sort of <laughs> but i guess not because he killed her well and her kids were not young they were clearly older okay but yes it was so that she they got the insurance money and were able to pay the bills and all that other stuff. Right. But yeah, that was the right. one thing he does that's being nice, I guess, in the film towards the people mm -hmm. that he's seeking revenge against because they tried to kill him. Right. It's a revenge movie. It's Mike's favorite freaking movie. And you're going to get to watch another one this week with the beekeeper. <laughs> okay. I will be sure to watch, make sure if they break a neck or something. I don't know why I didn't hear the crunch, but I just saw her fall down the stairs. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, he must have just knocked her out. No, I missed the crack. How did I miss that? I know. I'm old. There you go. That's it. Okay. I concur. You are old. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so anyway. How many cookies do you give the killer that you don't like? Because I guarantee you, you're going to give it at least three plus and you didn't like it. No, I'm not. I'm going to give it two and a half. So there. Wow. That is your first time ever giving a film anything below a three. And it's probably yes. just because I said something. Yeah, probably. No, <laughs> 
What were you originally going to give it to when you started this podcast? Yeah, I was. Two and a half. Two and a half. Are you sure? Yeah, I could each it up to a three, but I don't know. Well, what what were you going to give it at the start of the podcast? Two and a half. There you go. You're sure? I'm sure. Okay. Wow. Okay. She's she's finally sticking to her guns. I'm sticking. You heard it here first, people. I don't have a gun, but anyway, okay. But I don't have a voice anymore now, too. Well, that's dopey. Well, just to save your voice, just Mm. to save your voice, we are going to stop the podcast. This is the shortest podcast in the history of Ma Hinshaw loses her cookies. This is how it should be every week instead of the ramblings of a drunk old lady. But sometimes people like that. Hey, look, I didn't have a toddy tonight. I should have. It would help my voice. But oh, well. I now have a, what is it, what is it, bourbon with cherries floating in it or something? That was my Christmas gift. But I didn't have any tonight, so oh well. Away it goes. We're not adding what are you drinking to your podcast. We're leaving that no, with Mike. I'm sorry. No, please don't. <laughs> please don't. It's all It'll we need, another me. reason to make your podcast even longer. <laughs> It'll take me five years to drink all that that I got already. Oh, mercy. Okay. Well, anyway, this is the end of the podcast. You may say bye to whoever and everything. Don't get the flu. (laughs) I don't think it's the flu, but okay. Oh, I don't know what they call it. It's a cold. It's a cold. That's it. Oh, I don't know. Infection virus. Virus. That's it. Whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Virus. Okay. Okay. Are you going to be quiet now? Yes, sir. Very good. Well, thank you, everyone, once again for joining us for another startling episode of Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, number 45, I believe. Uh, the Killer. Next week, yet another revenge movie, but this one in the theaters. This one starring Jason Statham, and this one is definitely going to be very over the top. So make sure to tune in next Wednesday. And listen to Ma Hinshaw, probably give that one a three or higher two. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to follow Ma Hinshaw on uh, Twitter. We're going to change your Twitter handle to Ma Hinshaw instead of Graham Graham SV. I think that's better. We're going to try and do your letterbox, your letterbox and your Twitter and all your stuff. Call it Ma Hinshaw so you can brand yourself because at 81, you're turning into a celebrity. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't think so. But anyway. I'm going to call you an you. influencer, Mom. You're an 81-year-old influencer. I love it. I influence everybody over 80. <laughs> anyway. Can I can I finish? Yes. So anyways, thank you, everyone, once again, for listening <laughs> to this tripe. Have a lovely <laughs> week. We will chat with you next week. Bye.